0: welcome everyone to dead talk live i'm your host viz from walkie dead now want to welcome all of you tonight here thank you for joining me hope you could stay with us for the next hour if you're joining us for the first time and want more information about our show Please visit us on the web at deadtalklive.com and also please go to our YouTube channel which is called Walking Dead Now and please subscribe if you haven't already done so. Like I said, I want to welcome all of our viewers here tonight. Saz is going to be handling the text chats on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter and Marie is going to be moderating on Instagram. I hope everyone's enjoying their evening. We have, uh, of course, Singer Chick is joining us. Devana is joining us on YouTube. Cece Weezy is with us on YouTube. Uh, Steningall is with us on Instagram. Christian Philly is also with us on Instagram. Nack is waving at us. Laurie Ann. Zachary Thomas John is with us as well. That Wouldn't Be Beth is also with us. Welcome to all you guys. Lindsay Sparks. Our regular has joined us on Facebook, as did Lisa. Welcome to both of you guys. So, reminder tomorrow that Juan Javier Cardenas, the Whisperer spy Dante, is going to be live with us right here on Dead Talk Live. There is still time for you guys to submit your questions, whether they're text uh, and or video questions. Just go to our website, deadtalklive.com. Hit the submissions form at the menu, and you can either submit a text question or a video question for uh, Juan, or who played Dante, the Whisperer Spy, or any uh, one of our other upcoming guests. And the, the list is long, so just go ahead and ask your question. We will do our best to ask the question live on the air tomorrow. We are really excited for Juan to be joining us. It should be a fascinating conversation. We're all really psyched about that. Celeste is with us on Facebook. Hello, Celeste. Star Guitar is with us. Tiffany is joining us on Twitter. Welcome, Tiffany. Thyrene is with us on Facebook. Uh, AZ Gamer is also with us on YouTube. Xanders is also with us on YouTube. Welcome to all you guys. Um... That would be Beth. Beth is giving us a thumbs up. I love that name. Uh, That's why I chuckle when I say it. Uh, So Mishi has just joined us. Abo 7 has just joined us on Instagram as well. Extreme is with us on Instagram. So, anyway guys, we are going to start off today with a little news piece on 10 reasons why The Walking Dead is now better than ever. You know and it's great it's amazing the current season we're in the current storyline of the whispers that is coming to an end in less than two weeks from today and we're gonna start another new story with the Commonwealth that should be uh, pretty damn good as well so let's go ahead and read this article I brought it up so we could all look at it together and go through this list and see what they have to say And as always, guys, I don't read these articles in advance, so we're going to kind of go through it together. So here are 10 reasons why The Walking Dead is currently better than ever. Number 10, the time jump. The most surprising aspect of The Walking Dead's ninth season was its decision to hit audiences with two time jumps. The season already picked up nearly two years after the last But after Rick is flown off by Anne and her mysterious helicopter friends, uh, the show unexpectedly jumped forward another six years. So let's go on to the next thing on the list. Judith, of course. You guys got to admit, you know, the show is that much better because of Kaylee Fleming's performance of Judith Grimes. Here's your friendly reminder that Judith has been around since the beginning of Season 3, the daughter of Lori Grimes and Shane Walsh, raised by Rick and Michonne and protected later on by the likes of Daryl and Megan. It's fair to say that fans were looking forward to seeing what she'd be like grown up. Thanks to the aforementioned time jump, Audiences were introduced to an older Judith sooner than expected. With Carl and Rick gone, it was, it was Judith's turn to step up to the plate and carry on the Grimes family legacy. Alright, here's a big reason right here. Great new characters. Can't argue with that one, especially with the Jolly Big Giant right there. Beta, played by the awesome Ryan Hurst. With the time jump came a new obstacle. How were the writers going to bridge the gap between Rick's disappearance and the future he built? Enter a whole new host of characters, most importantly Magna, Yumiko, Connie, Kelly, and Luke, a group of close-knit survivors who find themselves the focal point of the new world. The group's relationship and interactions with other characters like Michonne, Tara, and Daryl helped fans understand what had happened following Rick's death. After that, the stage was set for the next big threat, the Whisperer's introduction. To the show was a long-awaited occurrence for fans, and on screen they came out of the darkness and made one hell of an impression Killing Jesus before anyone knew what was going on. Their entrance into the show was amazing. Alright, number seven on the list. Daring Deaths. Like Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead has no issue when it comes to killing off characters. From Merle, T-Dog, The Governor, Tyrese, Bob, Sasha, Carl, Abraham, Glenn, and oh so many more fans have seen an awful lot of their favorite characters bite the dust. As all told, death is a trademark of the show, an unavoidable consequence of a zombie-infested world where no one is really prepared for the horrors they'll have to face. But after eight seasons, the show was constantly looking for new and shocking ways to kill people off, After so long, it was walking a fine line between treading on old ground and losing its shock value when a character's fate came knocking. Season 9 rose to the challenge, killing key characters, not just in brutal and fresh ways, but also in large quantities. The now infamous Pike scene saw the demise of figures like Tara, Enid, and Henry and by Season 10, Siddiq, Dante, our guest tomorrow, Mary, and Alpha had joined them. Alright, let's see what's number six. The Willingness to Hurt Characters The Walking Dead has always hurt its characters. That's nothing new. But much like the concept of making character deaths feel fresh whilst allowing them to remain as shocking as ever, Um, sorry about that. Uh, hurting the main characters gets harder and harder as the show goes on. For example, Carol spent much of season nine in relative bliss, married to Ezekiel, a beloved leader and doting mother. All was right in her world, but with Henry's death, she entered a rage-fueled depression never seen on the show before. Addicted to pills, obsessed with revenge, she is no longer the headstrong, level-headed Carol Fance once knew, but a beaten-down shell of her former self. I know a lot of us have been frustrated with Carol's character this past season 10. Number 5. The Improved Horror While all the character drama and the battles between different groups The Walking Dead spent a short while trading its horror roots for a focus on action and human-on-human violence. This is particularly true in seasons 7 and 8, which spent an awful long time focused on the war with the saviors. Enter season 9, though, uh, and the horror was once more at the forefront of the show. The introduction of The Whisperers in the mid-season premiere signals a dark change in tone for the show, offering creepy visuals and atmospheric set pitches which wouldn't have looked out of place in a big-budget horror movie. Alright, let's see. Number four, Redemption. Of course, Negan, right there, front and center. Redemption has been one of the show's biggest themes over its last Two seasons, with Rick and Carl gone, the rest of the survivors have been doing all they can to make sure everyone gets a chance to a future, whether they've done bad things in the past or not. The best example of this comes for the show's veteran Big Bad Negan, responsible for the deaths of Glenn, Abraham, and all those lost to his war against Rick, Negan has come a long way, now a a member of the survivors. Not everyone's happy about it, but he killed Alpha and has transformed a surprisingly close, sorry, he has formed a surprisingly close bond with both Judith and Lydia. All right, number three incredible fight scenes. There's the duel between Daryl and Beta. That's a great picture. Check this picture out, guys. You can really tell the size difference between these two. Holy cow. Anyway, there have been plenty of fights in The Walking Dead, from Rick's second season throwdown with Shane to the big zombie battle sequences throughout the show's run. There's always been a fight scene or two waiting to happen. Under Angela Kang, the fight scenes have become much better choreographed, stylish, tense, and unpredictable. So far, the best two fight scenes have involved Daryl. In Season 9, he goes toe-to-toe with Beta, who being about 19 foot tall, rags the crossbow wielder around like a rag doll. Later, he goes after Alpha, whilst looking for Maggie and Connie, And though he manages to kill a handful of whisperers and walkers, Alpha blindsides him and leads him bleeding out in a petrol station. Watching the fight through his eyes, the screen red with dripping red blood was a stroke of genius that made the entire sequence all the more impressive and daring. And speaking of Daryl... Number two is Daryl Dixon's transformation. Daryl is always evolving on the show. Once upon a time, between late season six and the finale of season eight, it looked as though the writers really didn't know what to do with Daryl Dixon. He had spent so long being Rick's closest friend and right-hand man, but being absent from the comics meant the writers... We're always trying to find a way to fit him into the various stories. So he was cast aside, held hostage by Negan, tortured and beaten down. He barely speaks, shuffles about and has no real input in the overarching story. But come season 9, then it was fair to worry about where Angela Kang and the writers would take him. But when Rick left the show, it was Daryl who stepped up to fill his shoes, adapting to the new world and becoming one of the Survivor's most prominent leaders, as also one of the most respected ones. Close with all the main characters from Judith to Carol, Lydia to Aaron, he is no longer the brash, violent man he used to be, but the exact person the rest of the characters need. All right, let's go on to the last one Rick's community focus. After his death, well, not death, after his disappearance in season eight, well, sorry, they're talking about someone else. I thought they were talking about Rick. After his death in season eight, something many viewers aren't fully over, Carl left letters to all of his closest friends. The most important one he left was to his father. In it, he wrote about how Rick needed to stop the fighting and find a way to create a better future for everyone. Rick eventually followed through on his son's wishes, sparing Negan's life and allowing the remaining saviors a chance to integrate with the rest of the survivors. Now that the show is coming to an end of its 10th season, Carl's vision for a better more peaceful future has become more true than ever. Despite some uh, slight blips and major fallouts, and despite the threat of the Whisperers throwing a spanner in the works, all of the communities are together as one, ready to protect each other, work together, and look for the world Carl wanted. Once Beta and his new horde are dealt with, and the presence of the Commonwealth looming, the future Rick and his son fought for seems closer than ever, and watching it happen has been one of the show's greatest pleasures. So there you guys have it. Can't really argue with that list too much. Uh, A lot of good points were made, and we've all discussed it before, how this past season 10 has been just absolutely phenomenal. And I'm sure a lot of the fans that stopped watching, whether it be season six, seven, eight, whenever. If they were to start watching season 10, I guarantee you a big chunk of them uh, would come back to the show. Uh, Because the show sort of, again, is creating a new mold for television. As shows reach beyond their eighth season... And, of course, ratings start to decline. The possibility of them going back to new and fresh storylines becomes nearly impossible. But that's exactly what The Walking Dead has managed to pull off in this season it's going to end here in less than two weeks. It's been a phenomenal season. It's been great. And, like I said, if a lot of those fans that stopped watching when they lost Glenn, Abraham, Carl, whoever... Uh, if they were to just come back and watch a few episodes, and some of them are, because the ratings for this past season 10 are up from seasons 8 and 9 and even 7. They're back up again. It was the number one rated cable drama for the 2019-2020 year. So the people are coming back. And now that the show has uh, an end date, For the original title. The Walking Dead. That's going to bring even more viewers. Back to the show. Because they're going to want to see. The show that they started watching. That they sort of gave up on. They're going to want to see how it ends. And I've mentioned this before as well. That's why. AMC and The Walking Dead. Have announced. uh, An end date. Two years before. Is to give a chance for those viewers. To come back. And to not only help the last two years of The Walking Dead, but to help with all the upcoming spinoffs that are coming on the show. So anyway, there you guys have it. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good article. Let's see what you guys are talking about. Jesse is with us on Facebook. Welcome to Khaleesi on YouTube. We have a call coming in. Hello, you're on Dead Talk Live with Viz. What's your name? Hello? Oh, no one's there. All right. Uh, so anyway, uh, welcome to Khaleesi. Jesse's with us on Facebook. I'm a white boy. He's joining us on YouTube. Uh, SEJ's with us on Facebook as well, as is Zadie. Uh, Khaleesi writes Angela Kang rocks she is awesome Uh, Lindsay Sparks writes great article it's an improvement from some of the articles we've been reading over the last couple of days Uh, Lisa agrees oh we have a call again hello you're on Dead Talk Live with Viz what's your name Hey, I'm uh, sorry about that last thing I guess my phone wasn't working how you doing? Uh, good. I was just coming in to ask you just, how has your day been? Excuse me? Can you just pick up a little bit? How your day been? Say that one more time. Um, uh, how has your day been? My day has been great. What's on your mind? Well, that is Well, that is good. Thank you. What's on your mind? Uh was just really bad. All right. Well, thank you for calling in and uh, keep on watching. All right. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, let's see. We have Lisa with us. Margie is also with us. Critico is with us on YouTube. Let's see what the Instagram people are saying. RJ is giving us a smiley love face on Instagram. Lucid. Is with us on Instagram. Midnight Creative is joining us. Welcome to all you guys. Uh, Princess Star ninety two, a regular, is also with us tonight. Uh, Princess Star started watching from the beginning again. It's great. So as my son, he's uh, he started from the beginning and he's about halfway through season eight. So this is like his second or third time binging the show, just getting ready for that finale so let's move on guys Um, this next thing we're going to talk about is the Walking Dead season 10 finale is a satisfying conclusion to one of the show's best season in years now the way this article is written and from what I gather it these are uh, some writers that have gotten an exclusive peek to the finale and they give it really good marks So what they say is after six months, the Walking Dead season 10 finale will finally air the first weekend of October. Was it worth the wait? Yes. It's easy to see why the episode was delayed back in March. You can't exactly have a giant undead army threat with unfinished visual effects. Uh, A Certain Doom, directed by executive producer Greg Nicotero, And written by Corey Reed, uh, resolves lingering questions that has a few gory moments and reintroduces fan favorite Maggie. We have another caller. Hello, welcome on to Dead Talk Live. What's your name? Welcome on to Dead Talk Live. What's your name? How's it going? Good. Just turn down the broadcast volume because there is a little bit of a delay. So, what's on your mind? Okay, one second. No problem. Um, yeah, how's it going? Pretty good. Um, okay, so I don't know. I wanted to just wanted to, I just wanted to say that uh, it's just weird because uh, Scott Gimple about a couple of years ago was saying that the show was going to go past season twelve, so this was kind of a monkey wrench in the whole thing
1: well think about it
0: think about it we're on season 10 and it's not ending for another two years so technically they're labeling the last two years season 11 but it's all semantics it's still 12 seasons right yeah that's true he said he was it was going to go past though 12 seasons he said he had no plans on ending it well well you know uh a lot of things change i guess uh I remember right after... Well, it's still going to be good. Oh, it's still going to it's gonna be great. And, uh, you know, uh, a show... It, it does... All good shows do have to come to an end. All of them. Breaking Bad came to an end. Game of Thrones came to an end. All great shows do have to come to an end. But the beauty of The Walking Dead is, even though the original title is coming to an end... Our characters are still going to go on. Daryl and Carol are still going to go on. And there's a lot more characters that have not been announced that are going to come along with them. Yeah, should be good. Yeah, yeah. And we're getting this anthology series. Of course, we got Fear. We got the World Beyond starting. We got the movies. The franchise itself is growing bigger. You know, so, you know. Hey, I just want to say I love what you're doing here. I love the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. And yeah. have a good night. All right, man. Thank you so much. And feel free to call in again, okay? Take it easy, buddy. Take it easy, man. Thank All right. You. There you go. Good, good call there. So going back to the article, uh, A Certain Doom, directed by Nicotero, written by Corey Reed, resolves lingering questions, uh, has a few gory moments, and reintroduces fan favorites Maggie, played by Lauren Cohen, back into the fold, right before the series heads into its final, extended, 11th season. In February, Kang told Insider we would get a definitive answer on Connie's whereabouts by the end of Season 10, so we are going to find out what has happened to Connie uh, in this finale. And she delivers on her promise After seven episodes, we finally learn the fate of Connie, one way or another. On the mid-season premiere, she was trapped in a cave-in alongside Magna. We later learn that the two escaped, but became separated. If you watch the series from the beginning, several moments play out as nods, tributes, and remixes to a few important scenes from seasons one and six. Father Gabriel gets a full circle moment in which he redeems himself for locking his congregation out of his church years ago at the start of the zombie apocalypse. The episode perfectly balances the threat of the dead while providing updates on just about every single main character from the cast, even Dog. Uh, We get to see Dog again something the series lost sight of a few years back. Fans who just recently played the zombie game Last of Us Part two may feel like they're having deja vu from some of the tactics used to outmaneuver the Whisperers in the finale. Paired with Bear McCreary's score, there's at least one scene that feels straight out of a horror movie. By the episode's end, the series positions itself to head into the final arc of Robert Kirkman's long-running comic of the same name. It also reminds us exactly why Carol and Daryl are getting their own spin-off series while providing a small hint at what it may entail. Now, if that doesn't get your juices flowing, I don't know what the hell will. They're telling us these are people who saw the finale already. They loved it. Uh, They're going to tie up all the loose ends, give us a perfect start into the Commonwealth storyline. We get to see Dog again. Uh, You know, a lot of us have been wondering where's Dog been, Daryl's dog. Um, We get to see what's happened to Connie. Uh... She's alive, dead. I think she's alive. What's going on? Is she going to be a vital piece to the defeat of the Whisperers? Is she going to be a minor piece? So, just really hyped and psyched after reading that article. And I wanted to share it with you guys. Now, These are people that saw the episode and they're letting us know that it's not going to disappoint. So, it's almost here, guys. 13 days away and we get to see it. All right, now uh, let's see what you guys are saying. Uh, Singer Chick writes, uh, Me too. Just weird for her to come back out, but not Connie. Uh, we're talking. You guys are talking about Connie. Star Guitar Goddess writes, Hope they build Magna's character up. I do as well. Magna is one of those intriguing characters that we met in season nine that I really want to find out more about her past. Um, I'm a White Boy writes, Dog went to find Connie. That would be great. That would be a great story if Dog is the one that leads uh, Connie back to the rest of the survivors. Khaleesi on YouTube writes, Dog has probably seen Connie, has been out looking for Connie. Summer is with us on YouTube saying, I just want to know what Virgil is up to. That's the big question. Why did they bring Virgil back to the show When we first saw virgil where he took michonne to that island and that island revealed to michonne that rick might still be out there i think a lot of us saw thought that we saw the end of virgil he his character served his purpose but he comes back he comes back to oceanside so what kind of impact is virgil gonna have on this story moving forward That's a big question mark for me. Uh, Brienne is with us on Instagram, giving us a smiley love face. Hama is waving at us. Steningall writes, I think Connie is a part of the Whisperer Horde. She might have blended in. She might have blended in. She might be the one holding that gun to Aaron. We will find out. Uh, uh, Star Guitar writes, we definitely need more Virgil. Uh, Summer writes, I wonder if he brings his tea. (laughs) All right, guys, let's move on to the next uh, piece of news. The Walking Dead World Beyond feels like a placeholder until the Rick movies. I I mean, there's no big surprise here, guys. World Beyond is a limited two-season show. It's only going to be on for two seasons. It's there to give us background on the CRM while giving us some great new characters, and uh, it is a lead-in into the Rick Grimes movies. There's, that's not really a big secret. Anyway, it goes on to say it's pretty obvious why The Walking Dead World Beyond is just a limited series. Insider has previewed the first two episodes of the new Walking Dead spinoff. Though it's not terrible, it's difficult to see why this series centered around teens growing up in the zombie apocalypse needed to be a full show. Uh, They're missing the fact that The Walking Dead starting a show uh, based on a younger generation is uh, very important. I think it's very important uh, to the younger generation viewers of this show And I think it's going to be huge moving forward. Uh, They go on to say, That's not easy to say. I've been invested in this universe since 2010. And as a fan of the flagship more and more in recent years, when did the impossible and carried on successfully without its protagonist? And while there are some interesting characters on World Beyond, I'd be lying if I didn't say that the new show Feels like a placeholder until the first Rick Grimes movie comes out at some point. So apparently, whoever is reviewing The World Beyond in this article was under some kind of impression that The World Beyond uh, was going to be just a show on itself, only for two seasons, and not have anything or give us any kind of lead in into the Rick Grimes movies. I'm sorry they felt that way, but they were misled. The show follows sisters Iris, played by Aaliyah Royale, and Hope, by Alexa Mansour, who have never known life beyond the walls of their campus, colony, community. It's one of three communities that makes up the Civic Republic Military, CRM, that mysterious group that carried away Rick. We learn Iris and Hope's father is an important scientist doing secret work for the CRM in an undisclosed location when he gets a message to the girls that his life might be in danger. They decide to take matters into their own hands by venturing out into the unknown to find him along with two others Elton played Elton played by Nicholas Cantu and Silas played by Hal Crumpston Let's get real. You're not watching this show for the four lead kids You're not watching it for Julia Armand's mysterious and possibly shady Leader Elizabeth no matter how much you may enjoy her performance on the premiere You're probably watching this show because the characters wear the symbol that was seen on the helicopter that took Rick on the season 9 The Walking Dead. Wow, they're making some big ass assumptions. It's been months since The Walking Dead fans have received any sort of hint at what happened to Rick and were hungry for any little carrot AMC wants to dangle. Uh, Alright, but since the show has a limited two year run it seems safe to presume the show will lead into the trilogy that was first announced back in November of 2018. Well, I don't know what you guys make of that. I'm sorry these guys went into watching the first couple of episodes of World Beyond with the uh, wrong impression. And they used it, uh, they used The Walking Dead as a measuring stick. So, it's sort of like they like the show but they just don't like it on how it is just going to be a lead-in into the rick grimes movies i don't know why that surprises them but anyway let's see what you guys are saying kevin and is with us on youtube from brazil welcome Lindsay on facebook writes world beyond looks like it will be a great show it does looking forward to it as is Lindsay lisa on Facebook, writes Will Fear the Walking Dead ever mix in more with any of the other shows' movies? Uh, or is it more of a standalone show? Hey, we already got three characters that have gone over to Fear, if you include Sherry, that's coming over this year. So it's not an isolated show. Morgan, Dwight, Sherry, uh, they're all on Fear now. Uh, Will we get a reverse crossover? I think we will. Whether it's to The Walking Dead before it ends in 2022, or into the other franchise shows that are coming up, uh, I definitely would be surprised if we don't. None of these uh, shows uh, in this franchise are standalone. They all intermix, whether it's in storylines, characters, and to give you a perfect example, I mentioned this early on, you know, when I started this show, in regards to uh, Season 9 of The Walking Dead, when Rick is hell-bent on repairing the bridge, uh, the bridge that he eventually disappeared on, to keep the route open between the sanctuary and hilltop in Alexandria. That's why that bridge was so vital to fulfilling Carl's dream of uniting everyone. Anyway, uh, I believe it's the end of seasons three or four. I think it's four. Of Fear the Walking Dead. Might be three. I might be confusing them. Anyway, when Alicia and Charlie are stuck in the house during that horrible storm, the hurricane that comes over the the Gulf Coast of the United States. It was a huge part of an episode of Fear of the Walking Dead. A massive storm. Everybody was impacted. Morgan, it stuck Alicia and Charlie together in the same house. At the beginning of the episode, Alicia wanted to kill Charlie. She was finding everything she had in her not to kill Charlie. By the end of the episode, they sort of kind of reach a truce. But anyway, that storm... Is referenced in the beginning of season nine of The Walking Dead, when Daryl and Rick are having a conversation. It was that storm that blew through uh, the Walking Dead in Virginia that damaged the bridge that Rick was so desperately trying to repair. It's the same storm. So yeah, you'll you see it in storylines. The storylines do cross over. We have seen characters crossover, so there is no isolated show uh, on The Walking Dead, in The Walking Dead franchise. Uh, There hasn't been any, and I don't think there's going to be a show that has absolutely, positively nothing to do with any of the other shows in the franchise. Uh, Khaleesi says, uh, one of my favorite episodes, that was a great episode, with Alicia and Charlie. Uh, Tiffany says yes they do intertwined Uh, and she says perfect analogy thank you Tiffany Janie Joe on Instagram is giving us a smiley love face Uh, Susanna on Instagram wants to know are you using a green screen I am except my green screen is red Uh, it doesn't matter for CGI purposes as long as you use a solid color screen. But yeah, that picture behind me, it's not really there. It's all video effects. CGI. So, yeah. I got a big uh, red screen behind me. Uh, so, let's see. WTF is laughing. 128 on Instagram is waving at us. Uh, Janie Joe's giving us a bunch of love hearts. Angel is also waving at us on Instagram. And I love the Floating Hearts guys on Instagram. Keep them coming. WTF on Instagram is saying, hello. Hello, WTF. Uh, Let's see. What's going on? Tiffany writes, well, not an analogy, but yes, they cross over. I never thought about that storm, though. Yeah, a lot of people missed that. It was that same storm that uh, happened in uh, the end of uh, Fear that led into The Walking Dead. So let's get on with the 10 best Judith Grimes quotes. God, we're 40 minutes into the show already? Damn, I want to do these quotes. I want to do these quotes. uh, Because we want to hear, you know, Judith's quotes. I'll try to do them quickly, though. All right, here we go. It doesn't matter if you're a good or a bad person on the inside. The numbers don't care. She says that in season nine, Negan was, was still locked in the underground cell. And it's a conversation that we're having between the two of them. Her next quote, loving someone means doing whatever it takes to keep them safe. You'll like this one. Airplane A and Airplane B are 1,000 miles apart. If Airplane A is flying east at 500 miles per hour and Airplane B is flying west at 650 miles per hour, how, and then the question. You guys remember that? When Negan is helping her do her math homework? And you remember his response? Are you ever going to get on an airplane? And she's like, no, the what the hell does it matter anyways? <laughs> that was his response to her math question. All right, her next quote. You're my mom, you choose to be, because you love me and I love you. Next quote. When did we stop loving Daryl, Aunt Maggie, Carol, the king? That's, again, her speech to Michonne. Next quote, you'll be safe here, I promise, after kicking butt and saving Magna and her crew from the walkers and uh, to Michonne's, you know, displeasure bringing them back to Alexandria. Ah, one of our favorite lines, I'm a kid asshole. Love that line, when she shoots at Negan on his motorcycle. And he started to use his bad language. The next one. The millions of walkers followed the brave man onto the bridge and on the other side, all his friends were waiting. Talking about Rick. Next is a single word. Dato. Judas calls out this name on her walkie-talkie, hoping to get a response. It's later revealed that this is her code name for Michonne. All right, and this is the last quote: "I'm starting to forget their voices. I'm not trying to, but they keep fading away." So those those are the top ten Judith Grimes of uh, some of her best quotes. Singer chick writes: "I love Judith." Star Guitar Goddess writes, I love it when she says, Aunt Maggie and Uncle Daryl and the king. She refers to Ezekiel as the king. I love that. Cash, uh, Kahia, sorry, he's laughing on Instagram. Queen is giving us a bunch of smiley, a bunch of smiley faces on Instagram. Micah is saying hello. Welcome, Micah. Uh... So, welcome to all you guys. Let's get on to our base topic in the 15 minutes that we have left because time just seems to go... Time seems to accelerate when I do this show. Today, we're going to be discussing the top five difficult decisions, okay? We're going to start off with... uh, Now, these are the tough... Top five toughest choices characters obviously had to make on The Walking Dead. Number five rick deciding to trust aaron and go to alexandria with the group in season five this was a difficult decision because they had already experienced what happens when they trust the wrong people having been previously lured by signs to terminus aaron brought with him photos of a place that looked too good to be true but unless they took their chances by going with aaron there was no way of knowing if Aaron was telling the truth. In the event Alexandria was another Terminus, Rick would have the lives of everyone on his hands. Now, what would you have done if you were in Rick's shoes? Uh, What sort of made him sort of go over the edge and agree to go back to Alexandria was the fact that Aaron mentioned that he had an RV and he sent a scouting group to find aaron's supposed rv and he was ready to kill aaron if they didn't come back or uh they came back and said they didn't find an rv and if you remember what he tells aaron what he would do to him he's like if they don't come back i'm gonna stick a knife right through the back of your head he didn't even flinch while while saying that all right number four toughest decisions rick exiling carol from the prison After he had discovered she had killed Karen and David earlier on in season four. By this point, Carol had been a huge part of their group long enough that she was their family. Rick knew Carol uh, did what she did because she thought she was doing it for the right reasons. And even though it turned out to be a mistake, since many of them, including Glenn, Sasha, and Lizzie, also became infected with the flu, which was treatable. At the same time, Rick also wasn't sure that he could trust Carol with Carl and the others. What happens if she decides to take matters into her own hands again? You know, his trust in her wavered, and uh, his son's life is on the line. Rick also felt that exiling Carol also protected her from a worse fate. He was worried that Tyrese would kill Carol when he found out she was responsible for his girlfriend Karen and David's deaths. But at the end of the day, it all came down to Rick being pressured by Tyrese to uncover the truth to saving Carol's life while protecting the group. Since Rick was confident Carol was more than capable of looking looking after herself on her own, he made that difficult decision to exile a good friend in order to both protect her and for the greater good of the prison. Number three on the list, Rick deciding whether to kill Randall or let him go in season three. Uh, Feeling the mounting pressure from Shane, Rick had his own fears that he would make the wrong decision if he had allowed Randall to live and Randall would go back to his group and let them all know. Rick was ultimately faced with deciding a young man's fate. Randall had come from a larger group of survivors who looted and raped other survivors and even though he insisted to Daryl while he was interrogated that he didn't participate, in these activities? Does it make him less dangerous to allow him to live knowing nothing else about him? So, there you go. Just seeing what you guys uh, are saying. Uh, Let's move on because we are running short on time. Uh, Going back to Randall, you know, uh, the difficulty in Rick for this decision uh, did not was not displayed in hostility and Randall literally begged for his life to be spared. Herschel did not feel his daughters were safe if Randall were to be released on the farm Uh, and Daryl also did not trust Randall. On the other hand, Dale's humanity made Rick reconsider all options that didn't involve taking another human life. Although Randall's fate was decided by Shane, there was a moment where Rick was about to execute him in the barn if it weren't for Carl walking in on them. What would you have done if you were in Rick's situation? I think going back to season two and the season two Rick, that was a much tougher decision for Rick to make. Going back to season two, While if you just fast forward and go to Season 7 or Season 8, Rick, it might have been a much more easier decision for him to make. As the seasons went on, Rick became more and more callous when when it came to killing people, especially if they were even the slightest threat to him or his friends or family. Number two on the list. Rick deciding not to kill Negan after all-out war ended in the season 8 finale. And man, did he have to face some crap from Maggie Maggie on that one. After two seasons of vowing to kill Negan and promising Maggie that justice was going to be served for Glenn's death and Abraham's and Rick did have a last-minute change of heart. This happens after Rick slashes Negan's throat, then he directs Sadiq to go and save him, and that's where Maggie totally flipped out, saying, no, he doesn't, he's not, he should not be allowed to live, he doesn't deserve to live, but Rick was trying to fulfill his son's last wishes that Carl wrote in those letters and largely part of my explanation as to why the writers killed Carl off the show, even though I've explained many times before, it could have been done another way and keep Carl on the show. They wanted to keep it credible as to why Rick would ever possibly spare Negan after all the crap that Negan had done to the group. And I'm sure there's not a lot of people here that would argue that Negan up at that point gave him gave them no reason as to why he should be kept alive. Now, the Negan that we know now, we're glad that he's alive. But going back to the end of Season 8, where Rick spared him, yeah, uh, Maggie had a legitimate gripe. As to why she wanted him dead no doubt about it Uh, the difficult decision this was for Rick and one he made to honor Carl's last wishes which again put that big wedge between him and Maggie now the number one uh, reason is Rick having to face making the difficult decision of cutting off his son's arm or Negan would order his people to kill each and every one of his group who were on their knees uh, on that fateful Season 7, Episode 1 premiere. Uh, This is the episode where we lost Glenn, Glenn and Abraham. The members of Rick's group who were captured are all kneeling on the ground. Each one of them has a gun to the back of their heads. Uh, While Rick is forced to make an impossible choice. And Negan is so smart, he knew that if he truly wanted to break a man, especially a man like Rick, you got to go for their biggest weakness. And just like any other father, Rick's biggest weakness was his son. And that's no big surprise, that's not something that is unique Just to Rick Grimes. Uh Rick begs to take Carl's place, but Negan refuses, and he is seen picking up and raising the hatchet before Negan stops him from going through with it. Uh now, switching over to Fear the Walking Dead, okay? Uh Madison, she had to make some tough decisions on fear as well. Uh five okay let's start with the fifth one in season two episode 12 madison turns on the hotel lights in hoping that nick who she knew was out there would find them and come to her but she didn't also realize that her turning on the lights in the middle of the night attracted every living person from miles and miles around and she was very quickly faced with a huge problem Number four in season three, uh, Madison barges into the gang controlled warehouse to ask where Nick is. You see this repeating pattern with Madison and Nick, where, you know, Nick puts Madison in a position where she feels she has to protect him. You could say it's uh, controlling, it's a little bit over controlling but it's just the kind of relationship that Nick had with her mom. Number three, the first episode of season two, Madison takes her family and the boards, and boards the Abigail with Strand, even though she does not know who he is, really. Madison was faced with taking the gamble to save her family and find a safe place by placing her trust in a stranger who was Strand... Uh, and even though Strand uh, was uh, not liked very much by a lot of people at the time, yeah, uh, for all of you guys that watch Fear the Walking Dead, you have to admit, you have to admit, Fear, uh, sorry, Strand developed a huge respect for Madison. And Madison was one of the few people at the time that really sort of knew where Strand was coming from and she respected him and liked him as well. Khaleesi writes, I love Strand. Uh, So number two is season three, episode 15. Madison takes a hammer to Troy uh, Otto's head, bludgeoning him to death. uh, After he causes the destruction of the ranch and the demise of all its inhabitants, including Ophelia, And his brother, Jake. Uh... You know, that's the episode... Uh... Where Madison has had enough of Troy. Uh... They're underneath that bridge. And, uh... She kills him. And Nick is right there as well. She just takes him out. Uh... In a split second, she's like, that's it. I've had enough of you. Kills him. And that's the end of Troy. Who, uh... In all honesty, Troy was a sociopath, no doubt about it. And uh, you got to give it to Madison, though. You see this again, this pattern with her where she trusts a person like Strand. She keeps giving chance after chance to Troy because, in some way, she sort of feels sort of responsible for Troy. I don't know where that comes from, but she does. She could have, he gave her every reason in the world to take him out long before she actually did, but she kept giving him chance after chance, anyway. The number one, sorry, uh, let's see, that was the, the, the number two. Uh, as showrunner Dave Erickson explains Madison's actions, if anybody on our show deserved to go, it was Troy. I think that's the moment where Madison comes full circle. Madison's difficult decision also impacted her relationship with her son, Nick, whom Troy saw as, as a brother. Uh, so, we are out of time, guys. We got through the majority of the list. I really did have to rush through them, but I wanted to talk about the five difficult decisions that both Rick Grimes and Madison Clark each had to face on the walking dead and fear the walking dead in respect to the people who look to them as leaders in the post-apocalyptic world so star guitar writers star guitar writes the show needs to be longer Ah, i would love to go on but if i go on any longer i would definitely lose my voice thank you guys so much for joining me tonight again tomorrow Juan Javier Cardenas, Whisperer Spy Dante, Dante who killed Sadiq, is going to be our special guest tomorrow night. You guys still have time to go to our website, deadtalklive.com, and submit your questions for Dante or any one of our other many upcoming guests. And I invite you to go ahead and do so. If you haven't already, visit us on YouTube. Please go ahead and visit our channel. It's called Walking Dead Now. Go ahead and subscribe. If you're there right now, please click the thumbs up button on this broadcast. I'll be back on the air again tomorrow night with our special guest. I'm looking very forward to that interview tomorrow. Please tune in. It's going to be fascinating. And until tomorrow night, guys, stay walking.